1: Welcome to Highball Politics, What America's Bartenders Are Hearing. This podcast is a bar crawl around America to find out what real people around the country are saying about hot political issues and culture. I'm David Kochel, longtime political consultant and veteran of six presidential campaigns.
2: And I'm Rob Stutzman, political consultant based in California, once worked for a governor named Schwarzenegger. But more than that, Kochel and I are best friends and have drank together in a lot of bars across this glorious country. More than I
1: can count. That's right, Rob. Each week, we'll interview a bartender in a different U.S. city and state to find out what people there really care about when it comes to politics and culture.
2: Why bartenders? Because bartenders have the pulse of their patrons, and therefore, the pulse of America, real America. When Kochel and I fly into a city to work, and we want to know what's on people's minds about politics, culture, and pocketbooks... We do the only sensible thing and find a bartender.
1: And to kick things off, we'll find out what drink the locals are ordering, get the recipe, and knock back a few while we chat with our guest. You can find the recipe for each week's cocktail in the show notes. And I can tell you
2: some of these will be amazing. If you decide to make this week's signature cocktail at home, please share a pic on Instagram or tweet about it with the hashtag highballpodcast. And if you're
1: a bartender or you'd like to nominate your favorite bartender to be on our podcast, please email us at highballpolitics at gmail.com with the name of the bartender in the bar and why they be perfect. For our show. Today, we're talking with Alan Gafford, who bartends at Tracy's in Long Beach, California.
2: But before we chat with Alan, let's get a bit of context of what's going on in the news and
0: why California is important right now to what's going on in America. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: Rob, you're based in California. What can you tell us about Long Beach?
2: Yeah, So Long Beach is the second largest city in L.A. County after the city of Los Angeles. It's about a half million people. It's south of L.A., just north of the border of Orange County. Long Beach is interesting in that it's really the only other place in L.A. County that it has its own distinct community. You know, if you're from anywhere in L.A. County, you say you're from L.A., but if you're from Long Beach, you, you say you're from Long Beach. Long Beach is the home of a uh, past Republican governor, George Dick Majin, who was governor of California in the 1980s. He used to elect Republicans to Congress. But as the state has gotten bluer, it has become a rather liberal city. In fact, the new congressman from the Long Beach area is the past mayor, Robert Garcia, who touts himself as the first immigrant LGBTQ member of Congress. So continuing to break ground from Long Beach. So, I can see a little sense of, I think, the place and be interesting to learn about how I think this bar stands out a little differently than how we may think of the community overall.
1: Thanks, Rob. That's a great preview of Long Beach. So, let's bring on our guest, Alan Gafford of Tracy's in Long Beach.
2: Alan, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Let's get into Tracy's. Tell us about the really the unique history of Tracy's in the city of Long Beach. Yeah, thank you for asking. Tracy's is actually,
3: it was uh, purchased a long time ago by a Long Beach police officer, Mike Tracy, and his wife, Susie. So that was a retirement business, and they bought the this restaurant and bar, and uh, it was a place for... Um, Long Beach police officers and the community, the local community here in East Long Beach, just to kind of come and and enjoy. And then um, about six years after that, there were uh, sisters, uh, Jill, and uh, Christy and Stacy, they work with the owners there and they, they purchased the place and they've owned that now. Gosh, going on, uh, I think St. Patrick's Day it might be 28 years, I'm not sure. But that's the history of, of Tracy's and it's a place where people come and families are welcome.
2: And is that tied to law enforcement
3: still uh, an identity since it, it was originally owned by a local cop? Thanks, Rob, for asking. Yes, each month on uh, the first Thursday, we have the Long Beach Motor Patrol that has their uh, meetings for lunch there. And it's an organization where they raise money for their members, kids, it's a charity. So the the owners open up their business first Thursday of the month to, you know, the local uh, motorcycle police officers to keep our community safe.
1: So a little bit more, Alan, tell us about the atmosphere in the bar. What's the price point? Yeah, you know, how late do you open? Do you have TVs on the wall? You got news on, you got sports on. Paint a picture for us of what uh, what it's like to be in Tracy's on any given evening. On any given evening. Thanks. So when you walk in, you're going to
3: find 13 televisions, by the way, and probably most of them are going to be on sports. Uh, We've got a big screen in the back. It's almost like three separate areas. We've got a bar, you can first walk in, there's the, our bar is there. We have all, you know, full bar and we have booths on one side. You can walk into like the next third of the uh, location. You have some pool tables, Pac-Man and video games for the kids. And then the final room, easy to move over. There's a dance floor, there's a stage. There's certainly, we have uh, people come into the, and in our uh, neighborhoods and communities, they reserve that room for their special events, whether it's a celebration of life, whether it's a police department retirement, fire department retirement, or Kim quinceañera. So it's just, it's a great, great
2: cross-section. So a real focal point of the community, love it. Well, one thing we like to do on the pod, Alan, is of course ask the bartender for what is a signature cocktail or drink that is served at your bar. So you have given us a recipe for a, a Mai Tai yep. that is served in Tracy. So tell us about that. Well, you know, we use the,
3: the Bacardi rum, we use uh, the dark and light, there's a little bit of pineapple in there, the uh, crema de noyau. Now, maybe I said that wrong, but that little pink stuff in there tastes like an almond, but it's it's from the apricot seed and sometimes a cherry seed. They grind it up and they, they make a liqueur out of it. So you throw that in there. You know, we put a cherry on top with a lime, and you can only get two at it. Tracy's, because it's pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, this is one, I, I have not made it for this podcast because I figured I'd be half in the bag by the time I finished it, so I'm gonna make it, but I'm gonna do it after we're done talking, because I'm pretty sure it wouldn't go very well. Is there an umbrella on top of that, Alan?
3: No umbrellas, sorry, you just, gotta, you just gotta, with a straw, you get your straw.
1: But Okay, got it.
3: Very Southern California. You know, we, Long Beach likes to think they're a tourist destination, you're out on a vacation, and so certainly that Mai Tai gives you that Caribbean, that South Pacific type of atmosphere. So yeah, the Mai Tai and Stacy does that great at Tracy's. Love it.
1: Yeah, only two. If you're listening to this podcast, you don't want more than two. Things could get rough. So, California, most people think of it as a bright blue state. You know, I don't know what Biden won by. It was obviously quite a bit in 2020. Is that true of Tracy's? Like, what, what's your customer base look like? I, I know you said you're kind of a cop bar. Who wins a, a Biden-Trump straw poll in Tracy's right now?
3: You know, right now it would be Trump would win the straw poll. But, you, you know, our guests at Tracy's, with the topics they, you know, discuss mostly are about local politics, about, you know, how it affects them in their own neighborhood. But certainly there's no love lost for the current uh, president nor the current governor. Certainly there's uh, some data that shows that we tried to do a Gascon, you know, we tried to recall the LA County DA and as well as the governor back there. So there, there was opportunities for people to, to sign those at, at, at Tracy's, but it's just not everybody will do that because we get a lot of uh, cross-section of what we have here in East Long Beach.
2: So skews a little to the right. You mentioned, just let me sell a little context, the Gascone recall petition, what that was last year, LA County, which Long Beach is in, had a recall petition against their very progressive district attorney, George Gascone. It did not qualify. People may recall to the north in San Francisco, the recall of the progressive DA to the there did qualify, and he was recalled, Chesa Bodine. But Gascon didn't quite make it, but you, know, what you're saying is a petition did circulate in the bar. Did that cause any controversy, or how did that go over amongst the patrons? Most of them,
3: to the degree that they're very... Savvy politically, they understood that George Gascon used to be the uh, DA in San Francisco. That's correct. So the part of a you know the long uh, LA Northern California bent to that. They didn't necessarily vote for George Gascon whenever he became the district attorney, but they were willing to circulate just to make their own little protest. And George, I believe George Gascon does have a residence in Long Beach.
1: That's interesting. So you talked about law enforcement and the kind of things that you know people care about, circulating petitions on the recall. How about housing, homelessness, crime? I know you know that was a big part of the recall up in San Francisco, but in LA, you know, you've got a lot of the same issues. Is that something going on kind of around the bar in your neighborhood? Are people talking about that? Tell us a little bit about that because I know that's driving a lot of local politics these days.
3: You're right, and it, it does drive local politics. And where Tracy's is located is Long Beach. It's a community that had not experienced a lot of the uh, homelessness issues uh, that may perhaps in the west side of Long Beach. And of course, Long Beach is the second largest city in Los Angeles County, predominantly Democrat if you look at voter registration and who the voters elect to their city councils, state assemblies, state senates, and uh, Congress. So they hadn't really experienced a lot of issues with the homelessness, yet it has now crept upon the neighborhood of Tracy's and in the East Long Beach area. They don't know sometimes who to call because it's a unique labyrinth of, you know, bureaucracies. It could be the LA County Sanitation District. It could be the parts department. It could be a city council area. It could be a Caltrans place where perhaps these homeless encampments are popping up. And people who come into Tracy's talk about who do we call? I mean, is it it this jurisdiction? Is it that jurisdiction? So I don't believe that they're necessarily want to, are punitive about what's going on. They want to help the, you know, they call now unhoused residents, but they're still homeless. Uh, They're making new names for old things, (laughs) but they're compassionate, but yet- they
2: ask, "Where do we go? What's happening here?" Because they're, for the first time, they're experiencing this. This is really maybe one of the more obvious, predominant issues that that you see the patrons affected by that they're talking about. So, if they're blaming someone, who do they blame? And if they think someone's going to fix it, who do they expect or think the the fix it? You've spoken to the confusion about who's accountable to it, but politically, who do they see should be accountable? And they believe it's their local council people. You
3: know, they've had some time with local taxes that LA County had a tax and they are supposed to send it back down to each city to, you know, provide homeless services, but they
2: blame the local uh, council people here in this part of town. Being based in California, we follow this issue closely with Governor Newsom, and the tact he has taken has been to also blame the locals. Now, some suggest that's his way of diverting maybe some questions as to what he should be accountable for. But he, earlier this year, promised to withhold money from cities unless they had more effective plans. So does the governor come up in these conversations, or is it really exclusively, they look, the money's coming from the state, and they think the city should fix it? The
3: governor has actually shown up to Long Beach at a certain time to clear clean up some uh, off-ramp on the 710 freeway, some homeless encampments. So they, he, he's got a face in the window, so to speak. But the people that come in Tracy's believe that it's a local issue. You know, they understand AD 57 where Governor Jerry Brown, you know, let some prisoners out of jail they reclassified some of nonviolent or violent crimes, and then they come back to your community. People at Tracy's, they, they blame the local officials, the governor, not necessarily at the top of it. You may be paying lip service to the local cities. You don't have a good enough plan, but they still blame the local community and, and their uh, elected I, officials.
1: I, for one, am shocked that a politician would not accept uh, the blame for this and point fingers to another politician. This is just crazy. So you've got a Senate race coming up now recently Diane Feinstein announced she's not running again and so you'll have a pretty active primary obviously we assume a Democrat's going to win that race in the general election but um when you think about you know, who's popular right now in Long Beach? Who's popular in Southern California? What politicians are getting talked about? Who do people like out there right now? You know, for the Senate
3: and Tracy's, uh, our guests are not necessarily connected yet to that. Uh, it's all kind of evolving. However, they indicated if you took a straw poll about Biden or Trump, we know who prosecuted uh, the former president in congress and that uh, elected official may also be running for uh u.s senate now in california and i don't believe there's any love loss with nancy pelosi at tracy's i, I don't think anybody <laughs> has has any love lost <laughs> for her so so you yeah, read into that
2: referencing there uh, congressman adam schiff who was of course a trump impeachment prosecutor and is running for that u.s senate seat just to the south of you there congresswoman katie porter is running and we know barbara lee congresswoman from oakland in the north would be running as well let me ask you about pelosi real quick because it's a thing in california about north and south Bay area politicians versus la politicians that has played itself out historically is the animus towards pelosi a little bit of a north south as much as it is partisan or is it fred tracy's really just about partisanship i believe it's the north south north south yes. yeah that's interesting to hear I was Want to get to point that out to people that there is a San Francisco versus L.A. that goes beyond just the Dodger Giant rivalry, but culturally and and politically, there's some real differences between the two ends of the state, even though they're both dominated by Democrat politics.
1: Alan, do you ever have politics on your TVs? You said mostly sports. Like, what would cause you to turn on, you know, the news about politics? Would it be a State of the Union? Would it be a debate? Would it be news coverage of a congressional hearing what would cause you to say hey everybody pay attention to this
3: it'd be the last one because every day at 10 a.m we turn on the price is right and so whenever the price is right gets interrupted it's usually by a senate hearing a congressional hearing some type of presidential address some type of wildfire in california announcement so that would be the probably the only time that we see a lot of news in the restaurant and the bar but yes we have 13 televisions. We have a one big screen in the back, and they're usually on sports. It's be horse racing, it be Price is Right, or whatever sports you want. Pretty much, uh, you're going to watch sports. To
1: and when you have news on, is it local news or you go to the cable news channels? And, and if so, is it Fox? Is it CNN? Is it MSNBC? Is it none of the above?
3: You know, it's local news, and it may or may not surprise anybody that Whenever they uh, there's a car chase in Los Angeles, Uh, oh it is. So you know, if someone if a patron asks, hey, there's a car chase going on, "Eh, we'll we'll put the car chase on local news, whatever station that is.
2: Car, Mm. you know, the L.A. news live car chase is like the best reality TV ever. (laughs) Yeah, I mean everyone remembers the the O.J. chase, but this I mean this happens frequently. In fact, I was talking to a friend last night in L.A. She was watching a live car chase on L.A. News. Set the bar TVs accordingly. No car chases in Vail, Rob. We've never had one. I- Glad to hear you're not fleeing anything. These days.
1: <laughs> Tell us about the kind of people that are coming in. You said cops, but beyond that, what kind of jobs are people doing? Where do they come from? What's their income status? That kind of thing. Just Des- describe who your typical patron is.
3: Yeah, again, we're certainly in a neighborhood bar and grill, and the people that live around Tracy's and East Long Beach, they're a lot of retired people. They may have worked at Douglas. They may work for the uh, defense industry. There's a big McDonnell Douglas plant in Long Beach and hired a lot of people that had certainly uh, college degrees very well-paying jobs back in the day. And whenever Douglas decided to close down the plant, you know, his jobs moved. But there were people who had a great living there. They bought a house there. The new patrons that are coming in, the younger people we're saying, are probably professionals as well. So we've got a, a big gamut of people in their 80s, 60s, 70s, and now in their late 20s. And those are professionals that are able to afford, you know, the housing around there. were mostly single family house. So it's about $800,000 maybe see the market right now around tracing for a house whether that's you know, a fair price or not, but that's what their realtors are telling us right now. So it's that type of neighborhood where you move in, and you did indicate that uh, yeah, you know, they may be conservative uh, fiscally, but there's a broad range of people who come into Tracy's. Long Beach is still a big LGBTQ community, and there's every silo of whatever ethnicity or walk of life you have. There, they they come into Tracy's right outside the parking lot. You
1: walk into Tracy's, it says, "Come in peace, or don't come at all." <laughs> <laughs> That's a throwback to the cop that started the bar, obviously. So you say you got people from all walks of life economically racial diversity in Long Beach as well? Do you have a Hispanic community, African-American community? We have a very diverse guest at
3: Tracy's because that reflects the neighborhood, and the neighborhood is changing. Certainly in the 50s, it you would probably see a very high uh, degree of, you know, white families. That's changed. It's very ethnically diverse now in the fact that People are moving in, Long Beach is changing, but this the area they still believe is a single family homes and they enjoy the comfort that safe neighborhoods give them up in East Long Beach.
2: What's the economy like right now in Long Beach and Southern California, or what are the driving economic or cultural issues that seem to be affecting patrons? Right now it's the cost of living. Yeah. And
3: again, we have a, You know, our guests, a lot of them are on a fixed income. They're, you know, retired. And, you know, every 25 cents or 50 cents that we have to uh, pass along the cost at Tracy's, that's a topic. They, hey, yesterday or last week, it was a certain price and now it's a little bit more. So right now it's inflation, the cost of living, and it doesn't matter what walk of life you are, it still affects your pocketbook.
2: Are you seeing their behavior change during these, these last couple of years of inflation? with what they're buying and purchasing at Tracy's or the frequency in which they may come in? You know, you see the
3: last couple of years and we all know that at the beginning of 2020, everybody shut down in in this restaurant and, and business here. So I believe that our guests don't necessarily see something different than it has been before, but they are noticing a little bit of an uptick just because that we were shut down for so long, so they didn't have a you know, a year over year, or, hey, two years ago it was this or that. But it's definitely a sticker shock, I can tell you that. How long were you closed during the pandemic? You know, in Long Beach, we were closed the day before Saint Patrick's Day in that twenty twenty. So it's reflection of a lot of business owners in Long Beach, no matter what part of the town you're in, they all geared up for Saint Patrick's Day, which, you know, a restaurant and a bar situation, that's your that's your Christmas Day. That's your New Year's Day. That's when you you know, you, you make a lot of business and that everybody got shut down. So everybody had a whole bunch of stock. They had a bunch of supplies so they couldn't sell for the next uh, you know, 18 months. Wow. In Long Beach, they did allow outdoor dining. So Traces is situated where there's a parking lot, which is on private property. So they were able to expand their guest area we called it a back patio. You know, we were able to serve, but they couldn't come in. The Alcoholic Beverage Control in, in California did grant some relief about, you could serve alcohol outdoors now. So we were happy about that. But the one interesting thing is that 2.5 miles away is the Orange County line. <laughs> and in Orange County, they had a entirely different setup. Restaurants were open. They didn't have as many restrictions so there are guests that lived in long beach and they just had to go you know 2.6 miles away to a restaurant they would go over Mm -hmm.
1: there that's the choices they made there that's interesting this is going to be a theme i think on this podcast the kind of jurisdiction that your establishment is located in is going to drive whether or not you could have been open over the last couple of years so i assume you guys you were shut down indoors for 18 months, how long did it take you to get back up and running outdoors so that you were able to actually employ your people and start serving customers again? What was that time period like?
3: We went on a skeleton staff and the outdoors area, we had five tables out there. The community and the neighborhood, they responded very well. And I will also add that it changed their business model at, at Tracy's. They learned that people like to eat outdoors. They are pet friendly. In, uh, in this part of town. So you bring your animal, uh, your dog, and you can eat outdoors. And so a lot of people that had animals and during the COVID situation were locked down, they'd come to Tracy's and have a place to stay outside and, and dine and, and bring their, their dog. So that was one of the benefits of the lockdown and or uh, learning to do business in a different situation or a different manner. That's what it was.
2: Nothing really ever is going back to the way it was, it seems like, in this industry, right? Things have permanently changed, some for the good. Sounds like. I would agree with that and that
3: most business owners understand that it could change on a dime now. It could just swish on a dime.
2: Yeah, don't stock up too much before uh, St. Patrick's Day again. Well, this year we are. Yeah, (laughs) we hope (laughs) this is a very successful year. All right, so going back to the topic of beverages at the bar, one other fun exercise we do on this pod is we ask our bartenders to invent some mythical cocktails named after politicians and so since this is a california episode we're going to ask you to give us recipes for the current and the past speaker of the house because they're both from California. So we would love to hear your rendition of, if there was a Pelosi on the menu, what would be in it? And if there was a McCarthy, in honor of Kevin McCarthy on the menu, what would be in that cocktail at Tracy's? Let's start with the former speaker of the house. All right, Pelosi. It would probably
3: be a lemon limousine fizz. So (laughs) we'd have a (laughs) highball glass, we throw some champagne in there with some lemonade and we serve it to you in a limousine. Love it. I like that. All
1: right. I like that.
3: Remember- and for our current speaker, Mr. McCarthy, we know that he's from Bakersfield, which is an oil town, and also there's a lot of correctional facilities in, in, in the county up there. So we're going to call it an oily screw, as we know that the prison guards are called screws up there, and the oily screw is bourbon, with a little bit of orange and a tinge of petroleum for our newspaper.
1: So, <laughs> a little little oil float. Wait, this is new information. A prison guard is called a screw in California. Is that correct? Is that right? Uh Cotchall, you're so you're so naive. I mean, I, I've never heard that. This is what we're doing this for, is so that I can learn things yeah. like that.
2: When Cotchell did his time, they called him something else.
1: Uh, <laughs> Well, Alan, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for telling us about Tracy's. It sounds like a great place. And by the way, I've been in a bar band for about 40 years. So next time we're in Long Beach, we'll stop in and see if we can take over that stage. Appreciate you taking the time and, and telling us all about Long Beach and Tracy. Your band will be the first one back. There we go. The Sunny Hombucker Band. It'll be great. Thank you. Well, Rob, I like the choice of this bar. I think it's a little red dot in a big blue sea in California. And I think driven by... You know, the the fact that it was started by a cop and is still supported by law enforcement. So gives us a kind of an interesting dynamic in what is otherwise I think a pretty progressive part of the state. So uh what'd you learn?
2: Yeah, I think people forget they think of California as being so so blue and liberal, but there's, you know, literally millions <laughs> Of more conservative type people living in California, and yeah, you know, here's an enclave in a bar where where they collect, and still feels like it's very you know diverse and community oriented. But you know that law enforcement piece. I think is is significant. I mean, police continue to be a controversial issue, particularly in Southern California, as well as obviously we continue to face issues across the country, but this still becomes a something that the community will rally behind, especially when they know their local police.
1: Yeah. And I think the pendulum swinging back a little bit, even in some of the more liberal precincts, obviously you've mentioned the Chester-Budin recall in San Francisco. And as people see their communities break down a little bit with some of these problem, some of these issues, being able to actually enforce laws, you know, the Walgreens smash and grabs that we've seen in different places around the state. Yeah, I think you're seeing some people who are otherwise pretty progressive in their politics that are looking at what's happening in California and saying, you know, we got to stand up for police officers, we got to enforce laws and we got to, you know, make sure we have prosecutors that are doing their jobs.
2: One other quick takeaway from this interview was on the homelessness. I thought it was interesting. I I would find this instructive, you know, for you and I as consultants that, you know, those Patrons are laying the blame on locals or expect their local city officials, county officials to be the ones to fix the problem, not necessarily the governor or state officials. And I think that should be a warning to all those city council members and mayors out there.
1: Yeah, they're certainly going to experience some of the wrong track numbers that we see with other politicians. That's a good observation. One thing I want to point out, Rob, we got the McCarthy cocktail that included a little petroleum because Bakersfield's an oil city. I'd like to make sure our listeners know we don't recommend making that
2: cocktail. <laughs> We're Please consuming don't. it. <laughs> Please don't attempt this at home with some Castrol 30-weight.
1: That's right. That's it for this episode of Highball Politics. Thank you for giving us a shot,
2: pun intended. And please join us next week as we pull up a bar stool in another politically and culturally important state, interview a bartender there, and find out what the locals were drinking and saying. Until then, cheers. Highball Politics is a podcast presentation of Highball Media, Executive producers are David Kochel and me, Rob Stutzman. Our producer is Miranda Perrin. Please send your bartender nominations and any questions to highballpolitics at gmail.com. And find us on social media. We're at Highball Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you were brave enough
1: to make this week's signature cocktail, please remember to tag your pics of this week's with the hashtag Highball Podcast.
2: And if you want to support our show, please subscribe to Highball Politics wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a five-star review, and please share this episode with your friends. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.